This Firekeepers Casino 400 Betting Picks edition of the NASCAR Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive merchandise and perks, contest and content, including our NFL win totals contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Drivers, start your in and pull those belts up tight as the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presents the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. I'll wreck my mom to win a championship. I'll wreck your mom to win a championship. With all the news and the best bets for your NASCAR weekend. It refrains me from not beating the out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions but since i'm on probation i suppose that that's uh, improper to say as well if you could talk about racing things we could talk about racing now here are your hosts rod via gomez and cody zeeb Welcome in, everyone, to another episode of the nascar gambling podcast here on the sports gambling podcast network he's cody zeeb He's Cody Zeeb. I'm Rod Gomez. I, I keep pointing to the wrong direction when I intro you because technically you're over here. I don't care, whatever. Uh, <laughs> this is why you watch on YouTube, folks. But yes, we are here. We're going to Michigan. It is the Firekeepers Casino 400. Super stoked about this one. Ready to break it down, Cody. Another fantastic weekend of racing coming up. The only thing we're missing is F1, but we, I think we can make it through. I think we can make it through. Uh, yeah, F1 on their summer break. Unfortunately, they'll be off for a few weeks. Uh, no trucks either, which is, is kind of sad as we wait for the playoffs to start. But, Rod, we're going back to an intermediate track, a little on the bigger side, but intermediate. Intermediates have delivered this year. So, I mean, really, almost every track has delivered for the most part. Like, uh, just a, been an amazing, amazing year of racing uh, across most series even f1 has been amazing racing if you go you know if you start watching it second place but um it this track has provided good races in the past and the intermediate package in this new car rod has been spot on we have had good race after good race after good race on intermediates i can't think of any real snoozers we've had on intermediates so far this season um and so here we are another intermediate track the fastest track in NASCAR, right? They go freaking fast here. Like I mentioned on yesterday's recap, it's over 200 miles an hour on qualifying laps. They're going to be doing 215 to 220 going into the corners of this track. It's it's large, but not big like Daytona and Talladega where you've got this, the restrictor plate or the tapered spacer, as it were. Um, and so you get you get some big time speeds here. Really good racing. I think it's going to be another great week of racing. And I'm excited to bet on it. It is a two-mile course, as we talked about. The banking and the turns are 18 degrees, and the start-finish line has a 12-degree banking. The backstretch has a 5-degree banking. So, again, there's a lot of banking rolling around this, which is why you get a lot of speed. And the backstretch in and of itself is the flattest part. So, of course, you're going to keep that speed rolling all the way through it. And, yes, you're right. We are going to see some fantastic racing. There has been some fantastic racing on this track last year 
Uh, I tell you what, though, for fantastic racing, the finish on this one was about a three-second lead at the end, uh, whereas the year before it was .077 by Ryan Blaney winning the 2021 by less than a second. 2022, another less than a second win between Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin. In 2020, the the earlier race, because they ran two, another under a second finish at .284. I'm telling you right now, we're maybe in for a, a, a fantastic finish. Hopefully we're not in for a three-second finish, but I have a feeling that what we've seen so far this season will will make it to where we'll probably be in for a very close finish. Or if it is a three-second finish, hopefully it's a guy we bet on. Right? Oh, absolutely. Which <laughs> That's again, where I'm fine with those. It's like Truex uh, just you know absolutely killing everyone in New Hampshire. Like We had all those bets on him. We had him in the parlay. We had him just outright alone. Slap the whole field, buddy. Do, do a Max Verstappen. I don't mind. <laughs> I'm telling you, as long as it cashes the ticket, we're definitely fine with it. But, um, yeah, I mean, listen, so as we research this through, you know, comp tracks, I know we always tend to bring them up, but there's really no comparable track to this. There's You can look at some intermediate things, but I think Michigan is its own beast. And if you look through the logs as far as finishings, as far as the race is concerned, you know, past races, literally – you see the same names popping up over and over. And in fact, we'll talk about it later. The same manufacturer popping up over and over again. So the question really is, Cody, do the trends continue to hold this season? As we've seen, some continue to hold. But this has been one of those seasons where, you know, there have been a few surprises, but not as many as I think we expected to see. Yeah, so Auto Club would be the most comparable obviously not going forward as they're going to be tearing that down, but auto club was actually designed after Michigan. So, I mean, they use Michigan in the design process. So they are pretty similar. The D shape, the two mile, uh, Michigan's a little more banked, a little faster, but that's the closest comp you're going to get overall though. I think you can just take intermediate package in general, mostly going to be looking at your mile and a half, Kansas, Charlotte, Las Vegas. It's going to race a little differently, but I think that if you've been good or consistent on intermediates, and or if you've been good or consistent at Auto Club and here, I think those are going to be the ones to look into. I do think if we've learned nothing the last couple of weeks, it's that the trends from these tracks have held, right? We've talked about it. TV was absolutely just floored last week. They couldn't believe it. Stuart Haas was good. But if they had looked back at any point in time, Stuart Haas had been good on all the short, flat tracks. That held true yet again this week. It's going to be a completely different story. Kevin Harvick will be good. The rest of SHR will be absolute trash. Do not bet on anyone but Kevin Harvick from the SHR stable this week. I could not find at this point. I've not seen a Chase Briscoe head-to-head. If one pops up, I will bet the other person, except if it's Ty Dillon. Maybe that might be the one exception to that rule. BJ McLeod, Josh Willicky, I don't care. I would take him. Briscoe will be slow. But that's just, man, it's just the trends have held, right? Chevys haven't been good at the last couple of tracks we've been to. We've seen that. They were bad last week. Toyotas have been really strong. Fords have been strong. They were strong again. So the trends seem to be holding lately. I think we're probably going to continue to see that as we go this weekend into Michigan. Indeed, we will. In fact, I would take Kyle Busch's son over Chase Briscoe this week. Uh, and maybe <laughs> I'd take you over Chase Briscoe. <laughs> I'm just saying, listen, it, if we can find our way into the SGP and Patreon, maybe we can give you who we take over Chase Briscoe, uh, a special feature only exclusively for our Patreons uh, as we go forward. But 
We have indeed started a Patreon. It is the perfect place for the diehard DGen. Sign up for the Patreon. You're going to get exclusive access to all of our contests, including the NFL win totals contest. It's going to have a $1,000 first place prize, plus a monthly SGP Stories podcast, which is an ad-free, uncensored show highlighting the best stories from decades of being DGens. There's even a Discord channel just for the Patreon. So... Sports Gambling Podcast has and always will give out all of their picks for free. We will continue to do everything we do for free. This Patreon is just a little extra way for you to say you support the Sports Gambling Podcast Network and maybe get yourself a few extra little bonus perks on the side as well. Not only that, you get to do your part to support the network and fight back against corporate gambling. Do all of that right now at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Well, Cody, like we said, we are going to be going to Michigan. It is a two-mile track. Uh, we will be looking at some of the intermediates, but also a lot of what they did at Michigan. I feel like now is a good a time as any. Uh, oh, wait, hold on. There is one piece of news I did want to get to, a little bit of speculation on that. We did see uh, a tweet earlier from the Legacy Motor Club talking about how they were... Uh, they were disappointed with their season, and obviously so. That's that's no uh, no surprise there. It says, uh, I'm going to read this press con- or press brief for you. Legacy Motor Club. This year hasn't gone how the rebranded Legacy Motor Club hoped, in part due to forthcoming switch from Chevrolet to Toyota. Somewhat surprisingly, one such change may be related to its 2024 driver lineup. According to the people with direct knowledge of the discussions but not authorized to speak publicly, the change could see Noah Gragson leaving and Nemechek, who Toyota is high on, taking over the driving of the duties in the 42 car. Now, that was not an official statement from Legacy Motor Club. That is something that uh, my friends over on the back road have uh, tweeted out. I have not vetted that, but let us do this, Cody, because... While I have not vetted the news, I'm not saying this is breaking news, but I will say this is a, a fun little speculation. How much does this make sense? Uh, wow. I, that's, I had not seen that. Um, if that's the case, it would be interesting. I mean, uh would suck for Gregson. I, I think that he's not gotten a fair shake, obviously. Uh, we know how talented he is. We've seen it in the Xfinity series here. Um, Toyota is very big on John Hunter, so I, I get not wanting to lose him. Probably in an ideal world, you put him in the legacy car this year. Truex comes back one more year, and then he slides over into the Gibbs car and into the 19, which is rebranded as the 18, I think. And it's John Hunter there. So that honestly makes a lot of sense. And if Toyota is the one pulling the strings behind the, the curtain, which Likely, they're going to have a lot of pull and a lot of say. Uh, would make sense. It uh, seemed like you were getting two former Toyota guys back in Eric Jones and Noah Gragson, right? Gragson drove for KBM in the truck series before Chevrolet took him. Uh, and uh, Jones had driven for for Gibbs before, obviously, before going to to Petty and then you know into, into what is now Legacy. Uh, man, that'd be... I Yeah, it's... I don't know what to think. I think that hopefully if that is the case, Noah gets a different Cup Series ride. I don't want to see him get kicked back to the Xfinity Series already. Um, if he did, I think Junior Motorsports probably has a ride waiting for him gladly. Throw him back in the nine. I, there's been rumor that Brandon Jones is going to go back to Gibbs or, or leave JRM already. Who knows there? 
Um, obviously, some other rides probably open the 77 car. Hosts of ours kind of been rumored to go to that. Does he? Does Gregson go there? Slot man, so many dominoes still to fall in the in the silly season here. But uh, yeah, that would be that would be pretty interesting. But would make a lot of sense as far as setting John Hunter up to take that next step into Truex's ride because he seems to be the heir apparent in the Toyota program at this point for Truex. And if Truex is this, I think would lead to Truex is coming back another year, right? Because I don't think you're going to slide Gragson over into the the 19 car. You would likely just put True or uh, John Hunter straight into it. So, yeah, man, there's a lot of dominoes that could fall from all of this for sure. So apparently, I so I vetted this, and and it is from the Athletic, and that is Jordan uh, Jordan oh, Bianchi. Bianchi. Yeah, he wrote he's that. Like, in the he's like he's basically the Adam Schefter of NASCAR news. So yes, which is why I'm saying that there's there's a little where there's smoke in this one. There's fire because he doesn't normally give out news that is salacious just for a hot take. So. Yeah, um, no, he's, I, yeah, that would he's be, the guy who breaks most news that you can believe it if you hear it from from that, Jordan. That Bob so. Procris doesn't uh, t- doesn't break. Yeah. But so <laughs> here's here's my here's my thought, and I absolutely agree with you, Cody. I feel like Noah got a raw deal because he came in 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 what was the last year for uh, the the whole Richard Petty or legacy or whatever you want to call it soiree in, in uh, Chevrolets. And, and if they were to give up on him this quickly, and listen, we're not in the garage, we're not in the meetings, we don't know what the whole overall vibe of, of Noah Gragson is. We know that he's fiery, we know that he's young, we know that he's talented. Maybe that wasn't a fit for their team. Maybe they didn't necessarily want to go that direction. Maybe that's why they're they're putting him on the outs, and maybe that's why they're bringing in a guy like John Hunter Nemechek for another shot up in the Cup Series, which, you know, in the 42 car would make some sense just to have him uh, kind of fill in that role. But, again, for Noah Gragson, it's it's tough, you know. And colleagues got some openings. I've seen that out there for some folks. Yeah. Chevrolet you know, team. Chevy team. Maybe he does stay yeah. in the Chevy. SHR, camp. likely. SHR. Has some rides the open. The 10 may open up at some point. I mean, you know, it's, it's yeah, there, there's a lot of opportunity for him to stay in Chevy. I think there's he'll find a landing place. I'm not necessarily all that worried about it, but I will no, say there's a, there will be a line at Gregson's door if he he ain't just going to be bounced out. No, like no. It might be an Xfinity line, but there will be a line for sure. I mean, JRM I think would gladly have him back after it's been a rougher season for them. They're starting to get some things figured out, of course, but especially that nine car that he left has been real rough. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he ends up working a deal with Toyota, maybe he jumps into a Gibbs car for a year before. You know, John Hunter moves to the Gibbs ride, and then and then Noah's back into the legacy ride. I, who knows if they work out some type of deal? Like, I'm not worried about Noah not getting an opportunity for sure. He he definitely will. Uh, if he goes back to the Xfinity series, it's gonna be real fun to bet on him because we know how good he is. We know what he can do, and and he'd be pissed off most likely, right? To to be sent back so quickly. But uh, again, there is a lot, a lot, a lot of silly season dominoes to continue to fall and. This is the time of year where things are going to really start rolling in here. You're already hearing the rumblings. You know, Almondinger might not be back. We know the 31 is open, right? Haley's already announced the move to Rick Ware. McDowell, there, there's, you know, with um, with Harvick retiring, if Almarola leaves as well, you're not really going to have a veteran statesman over at SHR. Do they, do they pay out to buy out McDowell from front row? Because front row's got the option on him. Move him over there. Then the thirty, what, what car? The thirty-four car is open. 
there is a lot, there is a ton of dominoes to fall. Does Truex come back? Is he retiring? Um, it's yeah. There's there's a lot of things that gonna fall into place here still and and reshape what what all the teams and and what NASCAR looks like for the 2024 season. I'm telling you right now, if this is looming out there for for that, this is gonna be a very huge huge intro to Toyota for Legacy Motor Club, and you know it, it should be fun to see where this all shakes out uh all right well cody i feel like it's now as good as time as any to start setting up our bets should we should we get to some bets for let's this michigan race i'm ready all right let's do it but first let me tell you about underdog fantasy we're brought to you by underdog fantasy the nfl season's right around the corner underdog pick is a great way to get down on a ton of nfl player props and it's available in a ton of markets and as we found out nascar fully available now for your pick needs on the app you get in on those opportunities to win, plus their daily MLB contests. And, of course, make sure you enter Best Ball Mania 4, where first place gets $3 million. I want that prize. I'm in Best Ball Mania 4. I need to win it. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code SGPN. You're going to get a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. All right, Cody. Flyer, flyer, flyer keepers, fire keepers casino for, I'm so glad that I'm not going in there and I'm not a spokesperson for them. Fire keepers <laughs> casino 400 in Michigan. Let's, let's, let's start giving some bets out. Shall we? At least it's only the fire keepers casino 400 and not the fire keepers casino 400 by DraftKings via FanDuel. AKA Caesars, you know, or some, some crazy by, thing like that. Like yeah. we've gotten before we before, right? Uh, I love it. All right, Cody, what you got? All right, let's jump into it, Rod. I'm going to start out a guy that I love this week. I mentioned him yesterday on the recap show that I was going to be putting bets on him. I found multiple ways to bet on him today. Uh, I'm going to start with Bubba Wallace. I'm going to take him top 10, minus 120 over on bet 365. Also going to take him top three, plus 400 on Superbook Rod. He was really good here last year. Qualified on the pole. Late in the race, he was running Kevin Harvick down. Looked like he was probably going to catch him, pass him for the win. There was a late caution flag. He restarted in second place. Had a bad restart. Lost a couple of spots. Quickly raced back to second place. Didn't have enough time to catch Kevin Harvick at the end. But boy, was he coming. He led 22 laps on the day. Finished ninth here in 2020 in one of those Richard Petty cars. Now a, a you know, then, then a GMS car. Now a legacy car. Whatever the hell they are, definitely not a top-tier team, especially in the old car. Still had a very good run here in that one. Uh, his engine expired early at Auto Club. Can't really go back and look at that because uh, you know it, it hasn't been great. One thing I want to point out, though, Toyota has been good on intermediates. You go back to Pocono a couple of weeks ago, Rod. Toyota wins that in Denny Hamlin. Um, you go back to Kansas. Toyota wins that with Denny Hamlin. Um, trying to think of some of the other intermediates we've had here lately. Blaney did win at uh, at Charlotte, but it's been a while since we've had some intermediates, I guess. But those couple of intermediates for sure have been Toyotas. Toyota's obviously been hot lately. Uh, you go back and look what Bubba's done on some of these intermediates. 11th at Pocono, not, not a great day, but not horrible for him. Uh, he was fourth place at Charlotte, like I just mentioned there in the Coke 600. He finished fourth at Kansas. He was very good at that track. Um, fourth place at Vegas. 
that's a lot of good finishes on intermediates. Last year, won the Kansas race, the second Kansas race by leading 58 laps. The first Kansas race led 24 laps. He was the best car that day. They continued to have problems that set them behind. Um, so he only finished in 10th. He was eighth at Pocono last year. So they've been very good at intermediates. Toyota's been good at intermediates. You go back to last year, Ty Gibbs in his third career start, top 10 here in the 45 car for 23-11. Bubba Wallace, I'm big on him this year. I think he's going to get it done. Top 10, minus 120, I feel like is a really good bet. Top three at plus 400, I think is good as well. I think that Bubba's going to be in the conversation and in the mix at the end of this race. He definitely was in line for a much better finish last week than he ended up getting. I just... There's there whatever the fates conspired against him last week. It was a it was a tough road for him, and yeah, I think I think he's going to turn it around this week. I I mean a top ten for sure. I'm all about a top ten for Bubba. That is definitely doable. So um, I like that. Uh, all right, I'm going to pick another Toyota driver. I'm going to go with Martin Truex Jr. as a top five car in this one. This is at plus 140. This is what probably one of the better values at top five than you're going to get, uh, especially for a guy like Martin Trix Jr. Why do I bring this one up? When he took over the 19 car in 2019, he went out, finished third in that uh, Michigan race in 2019. He came out and finished fourth in 2019 in the fall. Uh, then 2020, he finished third. In the second race of 2020, he finished third. 2021, he finished 10th. Okay, Fine. But he started fifth, which means he had speed, a top five speed. Just he did was not retired finish. last year. Anyways. He was, and he was absolutely one hundred percent retired last year. So you can't even count that. Uh, well, twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two. In his retired season, he came back and finished in sixth place, one place outside of the top five. Not bad. Martin Truex Jr. Lately, uh, I think he's been good. Charlotte, he finished third. Gateway, he finished fifth. Sonoma, first. Nashville, second. A couple of bad weeks. We can't. I'm throwing out Chicago from the entire scene, so I don't care what he did at Chicago. Uh, don't care what he did in Atlanta because that's super speedway, but he won in Na uh, New Hampshire. He, he was finished third in Pocono and seventh last week at Richmond. So of his eight top five finishes, six of them have come since Charlotte uh, earlier in the season. Not to mention... He's been up front. Obviously, he led 254 laps of that New Hampshire race. He led 20 at Pocono, 18. He should have had a better finish than seventh uh, in last week's race at Richmond. But as Cody talked about in our recap show, strategy really screwed him out of a good finish on that one. And uh, unfortunately, he probably would have been in the top five had he been able to follow the strategy that everybody else was doing. So I think that another top five finish uh, is in the cards for Martin Truex Jr. this week. Very high on him to be somewhere toward the top. I don't think he's going to win this one, but I most certainly think a top five finish for Truex is in the cards this year. Rod beat me to the document this week, so he uh, he stole some of my bets, like three of them, I think. Hooray. This was one of them. You know how much I've loved Martin Truex Jr. This lately here. He's won us a ton of money lately. We've been betting on him a lot. Top 10 odds. We found a couple that we like. A lot tougher to navigate this week. The books have gotten scared because we've been hitting so many of them. Uh, but the top five, I think, offers good value. Plus 140. Truex has been the best car in the field multiple weeks in a row. Had some troubles last week, but still recovered for a seventh-place finish despite all of the issues, all the horrible things he said about his car on the radio during the race. Still ended up having a pretty good finish. So love 
Martin Truex uh, this week. So I love that bet. Next up for me, I'm going to go over to our guy, Brad, Brad Kozlowski, top 10 finish, plus 140 over on bet 365. Uh, Michigan man, Brad Kozlowski is here. He, uh, first of all, did I read this correctly, Rod? Has Ford won the last eight races at Michigan? They have indeed. Eight, eight races in a row, Michigan. Yes. That Ford has won. Now the big question is going to be, Ford's lacked for speed a little bit on the bigger tracks, right? Are we going to see that as much this week? It'll be it'll be up in the air, right? But Ryan Blaney did win the Coke 600 not too long ago in intermediate track. There seems to have been some gains in the Ford thing. I don't want to overreact to how well Ford looked last week because we told you Ford was going to look good, right? Again, but uh, they have won the last eight races here. So there's some that's, that's a lot of races in a row for one manufacturer to win. I mean, nine of 15 was the big stat last week for Toyota at Richmond. Like they'd won a ton, but eight in a row for Ford, impressive. So Kozlowski, obviously in a Ford, um, did finish 15th there last year again. RFK is still kind of getting their legs on room, right? So not too far out of the top 10. He's got 13 top 10s at this track. Um, last week, he led 102 laps, finished in sixth place, riding some momentum, right? His teammate won another time where Kozlowski is in victory lane as the owner, but not as the driver. It's got to be chapping at him. Um, he's got three top sixes in the last four races. Uh, he finished seventh at Auto Club earlier this year. Again, the most comparable track you're going to get to Michigan is what Auto Club has been. Obviously not going forward. It's going to be re reconfigured, right? But seventh place there, that's inside the top 10. So I love that. He was 16th at Pocono. That's an okay run for the most recent intermediate quote track. Again, a little different. But the other one and a half mile tracks, it's not been the best for RFK. I will say that. But he's been inside the top 20 and, and in the mix, right? I think that as they continue to progress, Coming back to his home track, that that there there's something about that home track bump. These guys, he's gonna have his family there. He's gonna have his friends there. They want to get it done. I think that Keslowski to get a top ten is a good bet, especially at plus one forty over on bet three sixty five. Uh, especially in a week where top tens are tough. A lot of not a lot of plus money bets. And I think for Brad to be one of the plus money bets, an awesome thing. Also, since you stole the other top ten that I was gonna put with it, <laughs> which will be your next bet. I picked a different top 10 instead. Eric Jones, top 10, plus 375. He's been good to us here lately. Um, the, the whole transition to Toyota thing is the scary part, right? But another Michigan kid here in Eric Jones. Going to be uh, going to be at his home track here. He finished eighth place last year. Legacy showed more speed last year than they have this year, but they've started to show a little bit more speed here lately. We've commented even Gregson's had some speed here lately. Um, and so I like that. And not only did Jones finish eighth here last year, he was third and sixth in the stages. So he was in the race the whole time. If you remember at auto club last year, he showed up like third fastest in practice. He started on the front row. I think like good throughout the race, really good on this type of track. Uh, you go back to 2017 here as a rookie in a front furniture row car when they had two cars, the 77 and the 78 third place finish in that car here. Um, had a ninth place recently at Pocono, the most, the most recent intermediate track, right? Again, hard to compare Pocono to Michigan, but it's the intermediate package. The most one we, recent one we had ninth place. You got to have a lot of speed. Pocono is a huge place. It's bigger than Michigan is, right? So you've got to have speed. He had it there, uh, was 19th at auto club earlier this season, but again, he did finish there last year and led 18 laps. 
Um, so I like Eric Jones. I think plus 375 over on Caesars is a good price for him for the top 10. So I'll take that and the Keselowski top 10 plus 140. I will see your Brett Keselowski and raise you a Chris Busher. I know you wanted to pair these two together. Oh, this is the one I wanted. <laughs> because, listen, we've talked about it all season long. Where you find one, you will find the other RFK. And if they're both somewhere inside of the top 10, then they're both going to end up somewhere inside of the top 10. So I will back that with a Chris Busher. And I love the price for a Busher top 10. You're getting plus 240. The books are strictly looking at his history here uh, pretty much at the Michigan International Speedway for Chris Busher, which is not really all that great, to be honest with you. Uh, as he's taken over the 17, he had a 20th place, a 20th place, a 15th, and a 16th. Chipping away at the top 10, but not necessarily in there. He has one top 10 finish in his entire career on this track, and that was a sixth place finish back in 2017 when he was driving the 37. JTG. JTG, car, baby. <laughs> Bush, Grillin' Beans, Kingsford, and Tyson car. So uh, his, his Tyson Chevy. But again, we fast forward. He's in a Ford now. A Ford is a faster uh, car on this track. Now, granted, the results have not necessarily been there for him. Like I said, 2015, 16 are his finishes here. But again, chipping away, chipping away at the top 10, which is exactly what he's been doing all season long. He's got nine top 10s in the 22 races so far this season. Of course, we know he won last week in Richmond. Uh, but before that, 18th at Pocono. Uh, again, I don't know what happened there. Just didn't seem to have it. Um, there was a lot going on in Pocono, so it was easy to get lost in the shuffle. But 15th at New Hampshire, 15th at Atlanta. Um, you talk about 12th at Gateway, 10th at Darlington. I know that's not necessarily an intermediate, but still. Uh, earlier this season, he finished 13th at Auto Club after starting 5th, though. So he had top 5 speed during qualifying, just did not bear itself out through the, the course of the race. I said before, on this track, he's been chipping away, chipping away at the top 10. I feel like that's the way his season's been going. Now he finally broke the dam, right? And Brad Keselowski runs well on this track. You best believe that now he's going to translate that to busher's car this week because obviously they share notes it's it's no secret they're gonna they set up the car in basically the same way for both of them and they can both drive the same way so like we said if if brad kozlowski is going to get himself a top 10 out of this at plus 240 i absolutely love the value for chris busher to find his way with his teammate inside the top 10 and car owner yeah i love this rod i again don't want to overreact to to rfk performance last week but uh, these were already guys we had looked ahead, or at least I had, and wanted to get in on these guys here based on how things have been going lately. Plus 240. He's 50 to 1 to win this race. The guy who just won last week, Rod, it's crazy. Absolutely no respect from the books. They had basically pointed themselves in to the to playoffs. Keslowski, unless there's a ton of different winners in these last four races, is likely pointed in to the playoffs. I mean, after neither car made the clash of the Coliseum last year, they might not even made it this year. I can't remember, but it just like how far they have come. It's been great. I'm going to add to the busher love here. I'm going to take him group F over on Caesars. He's only plus 40 to win it or plus plus one forty to win it, which I don't super love the price, but I love who he's paired up against. It's Daniel Suarez, who has just been atrocious the last couple of weeks. Trackhouse, it's crazy because you go back over the last six races, they've won two of those six races, right? 
And so, like, you're like, you don't want to go back too far and be like, well, they've been horrible because they got two wins in the last six races. It's pretty good. The last couple of weeks, though, it's been pretty bad for Trackhouse. Been specifically bad for Suarez, who was right there on the cut line, and now he's well below it and, and looking like he's going to have to win to get in the playoffs. Um, so while they're while they're on their down streak, I'm going to keep riding against them on that. And then Eric Almarola and Ryan Priestrod. I had to get a fade SHR in here somehow. This is the way to do it. SHR cars outside of Kevin Harvick. You got to throw that disclaimer in there. Will not be good this week. And TV will probably be shocked. Wow, SHR was all in the top 15 last week. What has happened? Why are they so bad this week? It's almost like they don't watch any of the races or pay attention while they're covering these races. But don't be surprised when SHR outside of Harvick sucks this weekend. So give me Chris Buescher to win Group F at plus 140. And then, Rod, I'm going to add 14 to 1. Chris Buescher to be the top Ford. Talked about it. He's got the momentum right now. He's coming off of the win last week. Ford has been really, really strong at this track, so it's not going to be a walk in the park. 14 to 1, though, is well worth it. He finished sixth here in a JTG car a couple of years ago. In a JTG car. Even now, despite Stenhouse having some pretty decent runs, JTG is not that great of a program. Back then, they were an even worse program before this new car. Um, so it's been impressive what Busher has been able to do in the past here. Again, he's got the momentum. 13th place at Auto Club earlier this season. Not the greatest of days, but not a bad day by any mean. Any means. He finished 8th place at Charlotte. Again, getting some decent finishes. Of course, Ryan Blaney was the top forward in that, car, in that race because he won. But if he can get up there, I think he can put himself in position. Maybe he even snags another win. I don't know that I'm going to go that far, but uh, I think that a 14 to one, really good value for Busher to be the top forward this weekend. I'm not going to complain with you about that one because if that that would put him inside the top ten, I, I really think that obviously does uh, do that as well. Eleventh and gets the top forward. <laughs> I mean that could happen too. It doesn't. Although matter. at 14 to one, you're not going to care. Too no, much. you won't care at all. Um, all right, so my next bet is uh, if you were playing the NASCAR races in which you accumulated rivals, this is one where no matter where the 11 or the 5 car would be, there would be a gigantic red. It would be deep red. It would be so red that you could not drive. I mean, if you played Denny Hamlin, Larson would be cutting you off. If Larson, you played Denny Hamlin, would be cutting you off. It'd be chaos. You wouldn't even be able to drive because they'd be trying to run you off the road. Oh, wait, Denny's already tried to do that to Ross Chastain. Uh, but I will take Denny Hamlin over Kyle Larson. This is at minus 110 on Superbook. I'm not necessarily doing this to try to perpetuate this rivalry, but I will say that this particular matchup... Well, that, that's why the matchup's there, Rob, to well, it perpetuate is. the rivalry. It is, and so maybe I'm buying into it hook and sink, but I don't care <laughs> because this one actually has legs, and it's not necessarily juiced all that uh, much to where I don't want to take it, right? So if you just even look back at to the, the history of this race itself, right? Denny Hamlin is running a, a streak of five top five, well, top 10 finishes, but four of those have been top five finishes. And in fact, three of those have been top three finishes with two of them being inside the top two. He has actually outperformed Kyle Larson in three of those five. So you go back to last year, Kyle Larson finished seventh, Denny Hamlin finished third. You go back to the year before that, Kyle started on the pole, but he ended up finishing third. That's the one where he got uh, Denny Hamlin, where Hamlin finished fifth. The year before that, in 2019, Kyle Larson finished third, Denny Hamlin, Denny Hamlin finished second. 
The year before that, when Kyle Larson was in the 42, he finished 14th. Uh, Denny Hamlin beat him there with a sixth place finish. Anyways, I'm not going to go too far, much farther back because now we're getting into Kyle Larson's 42 days. But suffice it to say that he on this track, Denny Hamlin has been able to at least finish. If Kyle Larson finishes in the top five, Denny Hamlin finishes in the top three. So it's it's been one of those situations for these guys going back and forth. Now, you look back at what's been happening the last few races of the season, right? Hamlin on a good run of three of three races so far. Finished seventh at New Hampshire, first at Pocono, second at Richmond. So he's running around the front pretty much all uh, of these last few races. Let's go all the way back to Fontana, where Hamlin finished in sixth place. A good run for him there. Right, not a good day at Charlotte, but that's just because he crashed. Um, so we won't count that. But again, like I said, it has been a decent stretch of of run for Denny Hamlin. Where for Kyle Larson, you're kind of scratching your head, right? Two bad finishes in a row: a 20th at Pocono, a 19th at Richmond. He's getting into the the fuss. Yes, he finished third in New Hampshire, but we also know that that kind of surprised a lot of people because he wasn't necessarily one that we were expecting to do well because he had finished so poorly in Atlanta, 36th. He did have a pretty good run of uh, top 10 finishes between Gateway and Chicago, but also in Fontana, started 15th, finished 29th. For whatever reason, something's happening. And Kyle Larson, we talked about it during the recap show, is not the dominant guy that we have come to know on this track. Nobody fears him anymore, right? I'm Denny Hamlin is pissed at him, but he doesn't fear him, right? Nobody nobody sees that five car coming and says, oh, man, here he comes. He's probably going to take us and lap us uh, in, in another 15 or 20 seconds. No. The, everybody thinks that they can beat him now because everybody pretty much has. So, again, Denny Hamlin over Kyle Larson. This may be a two-position thing again. The books may have got this right, but I still think Hamlin's going to come out on top at minus 110 on Superbook. Yeah, I mean, these two guys are the two favorites to win this race, right? They're basically co-favorites on a lot of books. So you would expect both of them to be good, but you look back at how, what have you done for me lately? Larson's had good runs, but he's not been the best car in any of these races. Denny Hamlin has. It's crazy, Rod. If you go back, so we've had two races per year on this track through 2020. You have to go all the way back to 2015 for the last time a Joe Gibbs car won at this track. And do you know, a question without looking if you can, you know who the last uh, Hendrick driver to win at Michigan was, Rob? I'm going to say Casey Kane. No, 2014. Jimmy Jeff Johnson? Gordon. Jeff Gordon. Holy cow. Jeff Gordon, the last Hendrick driver to win on this track. So pretty crazy. You can go all the way back to 20, uh, 2015 for Matt Kenseth with Gibbs, 2014 for Hendrick uh, with Jeff Gordon. So. Neither of these have obviously Ford has won eight in a row, so been pretty Ford dominant lately. But just interesting stats that that neither of these guys have have won, right? The Gibbs or or uh, Hendrick, and and of course we know that could easily change this weekend. They've both got cars and drivers capable of it. But Denny Hamlin has been fucking good everywhere lately. He's been fast. Last couple of intermediates we've had, right? Pocono, he had to maybe get into Larson to win, but he did, right? Still beat him. Kansas, actually a similar situation, had to run him into the wall to, to win, but he did it. So we know Denny Hamlin can beat him. He's done it multiple times. Um, and I would argue in both races, he was the faster car anyways uh, at that point in the race. So I like it. I would take Denny in this matchup as well. I am also going to fade a Hendrick driver in my matchup. 
with a Gibbs driver as well, Rod. We kind of paired that up nicely, didn't we? Give me Tyler Gibbs over Alex Bowman. This one's minus 130 over on Superbook. Juiced up a little bit. Might be a little concerning. You're taking a rookie over a, a Hendrick guy at minus 130. I don't care. I will pay the price because, Rod, you only pay the juice if you lose, which you're not going to do. It has been rough for Alex Bowman since he came back. 12th place in the Coca-Cola 600, his first race back from his back injury. Since then, an average finish of 21st since then, Rod. It has been super rough for Bowman. Last year, Bowman did finish ninth here, but his previous finishes at Michigan, 16th, 36th, 21st, not great. He was 24th at Pocono, not really in the mix. Ty Gibbs, in his first or his third career start, his first start at Michigan last year, a 10th place. And that was in 2311 equipment, which I know is good, and I've already made an argument for Bob Wallace, but we know that Joe Gibbs' cars are even better than the 2311 equipment a lot of the time, right? Um, and Gibbs has been doing good lately. Fifth place at Pocono, the most recent intermediate track, his first career top five finish. He has been on a roll, was looking good and fast last week. Didn't quite uh, end up with the, the result, but in five of the last eight races, Gibbs has finished ahead of Bowman. Uh, and so I think that it's it's been really, really rough for Bowman. And, and Elliott, it's not been great for, but he's been getting good, solid finishes. He's been scoring points. He very much, especially with two the next two races after this are road courses. Elliott could very easily point his way in at this point, uh, but it's not been a smooth road for, for Bowman at all. No top 10 since he came back. That 12th place at the Coke 600. Otherwise, every finish has been outside the top 15. And Gibbs continues to get nice, solid finishes with good runs each week. Gibbs' cars have been faster lately than the Hendrick cars. That's just how it is. Maybe that's somewhat to do with some of the tracks we've been to, but I don't care. I'm going to ride that Gibbs momentum. Give me Ty Gibbs over Alex Bowman, minus 130 over on Superbook. I will co-sign on that one. It is tough. That 40. It's tough as a 48-car fan to watch the 48 car struggle and and honestly Cody to not watch it because they're not showing him on TV because right. he's struggling. Yeah, you don't even see him but it's crazy too because before he was injured, I think he had lost the points, but for a while early in the season Alex Bowman was a points leader and mm -hmm. you're thinking okay, Byron is is winning all these races, Bowman is just consistent consistencying the hell out of everyone. He might win the regular season title, then obviously he gets hurt. It just hasn't been the same since Coming back from a back injury is not uh, and sitting in those cars and you're strapped in and it's bumpy and it's not comfortable for sure. And I think you're seeing that play out on the track because it's not been there in the results for Bowman lately. And until I see something different, uh, you got to go against him. And, and things have been trending very much upward for Ty Gibbs. He's over that year mark, right? He's, he's racing on all these tracks now. He's coming back to them. Uh, I just think you got to ride the momentum with Gibbs. Well, I'm old enough to know that if I'm in any sort of discomfort whatsoever, I never function 100%. So I can only imagine being in a car for four hours not feeling well. So I'll definitely, like I said, take you on that fade. So, um, all right. I am going to continue also to fade somebody who has been dropping like a rock, and that is Ross Chastain. Cody, I'm a little interested because they've got on Superbook, they got Joey Logano over Ross, or with Ross Chastain. But both of them are at minus 110. I, I, I don't know. I'm okay with it because that means I'm going to take the Logano side of this and it's not juice. But I, I don't know how you can have these guys on equal footing when it comes to the odds because obviously 
they are not on equal footing right now as far as their seasons are going. You look at Ross Chastain, Richmond 24th, Pocono 13th, which was an okay finish for him considering the week before he finished 23rd at New Hampshire, 35th in Atlanta, 22nd at Chicago after winning in Nashville. Again, a 10th place finish at Sonoma on a road course before that, but a 22nd at Gateway, 22nd at Charlotte, 29th at Darlington. After Kansas, his season fell apart. And you can even argue that his season wasn't even completely put together before Kansas. So Ross Chastain has an average finish right now of 15.5. Now, you look at Joey Logano. What does Joey Logano drive? Oh, a Ford. Now, his average finish is 15th. But where I made the point that Ross Chastain's wheels have fallen off since uh, Kansas. Now, listen, Joey Logano's gotten progressively better since Charlotte, where he finished 21st. First, he finished third at Gateway, fifth at Sonoma, a 19th at Nashville, not all that great. Eighth at Chicago, I don't care, I'm throwing that one out. 17th in Atlanta, once again, super speedway. But second at Loudon, 35th at Pocono, but God, he had... A good car. He started sixth. He could have probably had a much better finish at Pocono had he not ran into trouble. But he bounced back for a fourth place at Richmond. So where he's gone wrong, he's managed to find his way back. Fontana, he got a 10th place finish earlier in the season. I know Ross Chastain got that third place finish. But again, this is where Trackhouse was riding high, feeling good about themselves. They had just come off of a pretty damn good season uh, the, the season before, so they were feeling themselves. I will now also tell you that uh, the the track record for Ross Chastain on Michigan, not the greatest. Uh, last year, he started 22nd, finished 24th. He did lead 29 laps in that, so he had some speed. He was looking good, but he was not able to carry that all the way through the race. Uh, he didn't win either stage, so it wasn't as if he was, uh, again, killing it at the front, but he did lead 29 laps somewhere in the uh, the middle of that race. Uh, and so, you know, you can't really count him out all that much. But 24th, 35th, 29th, 30, or 35th and 26th, his average finish on this track, 29.8. Joey Logano, average finish of 12.2. Last year, finished in fourth after starting fourth. Uh, 2021, finished uh, 33rd, ran into trouble, couldn't fix his car, but before that, Fifth place, eighth place, 17th place, and he's won on this track. In fact, he's won three times on this track. In 26 starts, 18 top 10 finishes, eight top fives in those three wins. He's led 590 laps. Joy Logano, I, I took a long way to tell you, Joy Logano's going to outperform Ross Chastain on this track, and it won't even be close, in my opinion. Yeah, my rebuttal to this would be the lately thing has been shorter tracks where we know that's Logano's strength and Ford's strength. Trackhouse was very fast here last year. Both cars were actually good before they, I think they both got caught up in wrecks uh, or Suarez got trapped to lap down late on, I think on a Chastain caution actually, but, uh, but things have not been good for Trackhouse lately. I faded Suarez in that group bet earlier. I think you got to fade Chastain until we see something differently. I won't be too shocked when he pops back up because you know, what's going to happen, right? They're going to figure things out, but been a little bit quiet lately. Uh, and Logano is just tough to peg. Each and every week, we almost hit him on the outright last week. He almost got Busher there at the end, um, and things have been going good for him. So, and Ford has been really good here. Uh, again, it's tough with Ford this week because it's like the intermediate speed hasn't always been there, but they did get the win with Blaney, so maybe they started to fix things out. And Michigan is their playhouse. This is in Detroit, too, and I know that GM is located there also, but Ford 
is heavy, heavy. Oh, they put a lot of effort into this track, hence eight wins in a row. The Ford family comes to this track. All the Ford executives are there. They really enjoy running well at this race. I think that, that Ford will run well in Logano. Next up, since you stole the since your next bet was also my next bet, another one you stole from me. I uh, decided to pull a book out of your or pull a, a page out of your book, I guess would be the, the way to say that. Uh, winning card number. I'm gonna go with odd. It's minus 130 over at Caesars. Now, two of the guys that I'm going to give you to win this race are actually in even-numbered cars, which is fine because that's how I'm going to hedge off of this, right? If either of those guys wins, I'm not going to care if I don't hit this, but I like who I get with the odd number bet. Ross Chastain, we just talked about fading him, but very capable of winning. Austin Dillon has actually had a pretty good history here. He's been pretty decent here. He could shock and get it done. Kyle Larson, you can't ever count him out. By the way, Going back eight races, it was all Fords, right? I think the three before that, three wins in a row by Kyle Larson in that Chip Ganassi 42. That Chip Ganassi 42 car, Larson was so good here. It's amazing how good he was in that car here and how it hasn't translated to the five car. It's, it's kind of been interesting, but can't count Larson out ever. Corey LaJoy, of course, just in case. Chase Elliott, when and he's in, right? That would be the most ideal thing. You can't ever count Elliott. You can't ever count a Hendrick out. This is what I like, Rod. You get Denny Hamlin in the number 11 car. He is going to be good. He's been the fastest car every week lately. J.J. Yaley, despite making a case for him last week, I don't think he's going to win this. Christopher Busher is in that 17 car. You could get it done, right? The other one I really, really like, Martin Truex Jr. Getting that coverage with him. All these guys you're getting in the odd-numbered cars and outside of LaJoy and Yaley, where I was mostly just joking by mentioning them, Really good options. Harrison Burton's included in this. Wood Brothers, it's a Ford. I don't see it, but you never know. Uh, Bubba Wallace, I just talked big about him. Finished second here last year. He's in an odd number car. You got Haley, you get Priest, Eric Jones, I don't see him winning. Tyler Reddick could easily win this race. I talked about Gibbs being fast here in the 45 before. 2311 is very good on the intermediates. We've seen it, especially at Kansas. Uh, we saw it at Charlotte. They were fast as well. Stenhouse is in there. Custer, not so much. Ty Dillon, no. Daniel Suarez, long shot, but possible. But again, you're getting the two heavy hitters in the Gibbs cars. You're getting the two heavy hitters in Hendrick, if you don't count Byron in that. You're getting a lot of really good cars that can win this. Obviously, you're exposed with, with guys like Kevin Harvick, like Keselowski, Kyle Busch going to be good here. Uh, there's plenty of guys in the even number as well, but a lot more guys that I really, really love in the odd number cars. Then when we get to the outrights, I'm going to take two even number cars anyways. So that limits my liability on the other side. Bet smarter, not harder, Rod. Amen to that. Always know where to put those credits, those units, those whatever you want to call them uh, for sure. Well, if you want to cover yourself on the odd number with some even numbers that are in the Ford camp, take this bet. And Cody, you alluded to it earlier. Eight races in a row that Ford has won this race. I understand that the books are saying to you, this trend can't continue. But I'm sure after the third time, they said, hey, this trend can't continue. Oops, it did. Fourth time, hey, this trend can't continue. Oops, it did. Last year, Ford can't win this race eight times in a row, right? Oh, they did. So I'm I'm surprised because the winning manufacturer, uh, why is Ford the, it's the, the longest, longest shot? shot? What? 
plus two forty. Eight in a row, Rod. Eight plus two eight in a row. It's it's un. I cannot. I cannot fathom it. And you are going to jump on this because you just you can't not. And you just can't not. The winning manufacturer for uh, to be a Ford is plus two forty. It is the um. Jesus, go way way to put everything up there all of a sudden now. Uh, uh, <laughs> Caesars. <laughs> when you manufacture a Ford, plus 240. They got Toyota at plus 150. They've got Chevy at plus 160. Well, who do you get when you get Fords? Well, you get Kevin Harvick. All right, fine. You get Austin Sindrick, but I'm let's. I'm only doing that because you get right, Austin Sindrick. <laughs> but you get Kevin Harvick. You get Brad Keselowski. You get Eric Amarola, but you get Ryan Blaney. <laughs> You get Chase Briscoe. Uh, you get J.J. Yaley, like uh, like Cody's bet, but you also get Chris Buescher. You get Joey Logano, right? I mean, those guys have a very real po- – all of those guys have a very real possibility in now. Obviously, at the upper end of that Ford numbers, the, the Kozlowskis, the Harvicks, right? Those guys, I think, have a better shot at winning uh, than the Bushers. And, and then – but Logano, obviously, has a good chance to win this as well. So – Again, those are three strong Fords that you get at plus 240, and that's going to give you good coverage off of uh, the odd bet, too, just in case that one of those even number Fords grabs the win. And like I said, I don't understand eight races in a row. I mean, we'll take the gift, but eight races yeah. in a row, what one person wins, I know the odds get a lot, a little bit longer that it doesn't happen again, but... If you've got struck by lightning eight times, you can get struck a ninth time. Like, it's... Uh, why why is nine the stopping number? And that's this is not no matter how this race turns out, this is not a bad bet to make. They've won eight in a row. That's through different generations of cars, through different drivers. I mean, well, Kevin Harvick's won most of those, but still, like eight in a row, Rod, and it's the longest shot. It's two and a half to one, basically. Like, this is not a bad bet to make. If a Chevy or a Toyota wins this race, fine. That's probably what's gonna happen because Chevys and Toyotas have been better on the bigger tracks, but they've got the history here. It's the Detroit thing. They won at at Charlotte a couple weeks ago, so it's not impossible. We know it can happen on intermediates. They've been good. Brian Blaney was in the lead at Pocono when he dropped a cylinder. Maybe that race is completely different, and Blaney wins that race too. He's definitely in the mix in that Ford camp. Uh, And and so, yeah, plus 240. I I saw this, and I was like, no way. I went to write it down, and Rod had beaten me to it, but I absolutely love this bet. And I'll say too, okay, go back to the beginning of this race when they were racing back in 1969. Like Mercury, what Mercury is a Ford a Ford model, right? Yeah. So Ford Mercury, uh, and then a, a 69 Ford, a Mercury, a Dodge snuck their way in there, but Mercury, 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 Mercury. I mean, they dominated the early or the early 70s in this. And even on still until you started to get full-on Fords uh, on this. It just, you know, it's incredible that one manufacturer has had such a hold on this as well. And and we talk about drivers or teams circling a track. Like Ford just has a big office and our big thing, a big poster in the office that says Michigan is on this date and they don't even have to circle it because it's the only thing they care about. Like they love this race. They love to show off to everybody they bring to this track. Look, Ford has won this race eight times. Ford has won this race nine times in a row. Like, they want to continue that streak. And trust me, Ford is going to bring all the stops out. Not saying that for sure a Ford is going to win because I didn't even do this on purpose, Rod. I have a Chevy, a Toyota, and a Ford for you. Spoiler alert when we get to my winning picks. But eight times in a row, like, 
how much more that's really the one that you can say i'm taking ford plus 240 eight times in a row okay moving on like that's enough of an argument in itself so i this is a great bet look if you stand there in front of me and punch me eight times in a row and then you move your fists i'm gonna think that you're gonna punch me at, at, for a ninth time in a row it's not it i'm not gonna say oh this time he won't punch me oh he'll, he'll punch me all right i mean if yeah, i'm just gonna exactly. stand there and take it you might as well so uh exactly. all right you know what i love showing off other shows in the SGPN network. We're going to come back with some winners, but we're going to highlight one of our favorite shows on the network. Hey, everybody. If you play fantasy football, especially in auction leagues, and or you're a whiskey fan. Yes, exactly. Check out the Sports Gambling Podcast fantasy football channel show, Old Fashioned Football. Coming to you every Tuesday morning, give us a listen. We'll bring you the latest fantasy football data, including the injury report, studs and duds, waiver wire targets, and suggested fab. Market movers. After all, we are the Marks. He is my hubby. And she's J Mark's wifey. And we're bringing all this to you while drinking an old fashioned and giving you our honest review of a different whiskey every week all that and more hop on over give us a listen come for the football stay for the whiskey this ad's almost done going once going twice sold i when at what point will my analogies get old to people i feel like i've gotten i've, I've gotten so many analogies over the course of and i made some today during the nfl gambling podcast i know justin uh, and I and I remember this because Justin was was in the chat telling me that he liked my Marvel reference and my Marvel analogy. Uh, go back and listen to the NFL Gambling Podcast for that. I slipped one in though that I don't know that anybody got, and I got a Blues Traveler uh, little analogy in there too. But uh, my my Blues Traveler reference, I think, maybe went over a lot of people's heads. But sometimes I just do this because we're 232 episodes into this. I got to keep it fresh for you guys, right? Uh, hey. I love the analogies. I don't don't end them anytime soon. Okay, they're, they're great. <laughs> I'm just saying because I don't I don't want to become one of those shows where after a couple of hundred episodes you go, Jesus Christ, these guys! I've heard all this stuff already. So uh, I, I, I know I say a lot of the same things over and over, but uh, hey, guess what? The bets keep cash and rods. So uh, I think if there's no other reason to come back. That might be the best one. <laughs> and and listen again for those of you who've stuck with us for and and. I know that we're going to get off topic here because that's what we do. But podcasts become a part of your routine. And as podcast listeners, we know, right? We look forward to getting in the car sometimes. And when we know we've got a 45-minute drive or an hour drive, we're like, oh, my God. Thank God that these guys have this show up because they're they're becoming part of our lives or become part of our routines. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's just a nice to know that a lot of you guys have made us part of your routines, no matter what that is. And it's... Again, I for 232 episodes I'll gush about it, but it's just so it's so humbling to know that. Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, again, we do this now, right? But I'm a huge just podcast listener. I listen to so many podcasts. and like my day, my schedule is almost set around something like if certain podcasts aren't out by certain times on certain <laughs> days, I'm just yeah. like, "What? What's going on? Well, I'm supposed to be listening to this right now." Like, so to know that we're part of that routine for some people is really cool. So 232 episodes pretty impressive we've we've made it a long ways we got a long ways to go still hell yeah we do hell yeah we do all right well let's uh let's load up some winners for this race let's give some winner picks for this Firekeepers casino 400 all right rod guy we have not talked about yet ready to talk about him now kyle fucking bush nine to one over on bet mgm kyle bush is going to be your winner this week rod he has been good in general he won an auto club earlier this year that is the biggest key that i'm taking 
uh, off of this. He was 36 in this race last year. Again, I think the news with Gibbs had just come out. He was leave. Everything was falling apart. It was just whatever. Before that, seven straight top seven finishes at this track. He's got a win, nine top fives, 15 top tens. Again, he got that win at Auto Club earlier this year. The most comparable track to this. We've seen Kyle Busch be good. RCR short track package, absolute trash this year. Runs in third place last week. They're trying different things. They're figuring things out. He's got three wins already on the season. Things have gone well for Kyle Busch this year. I'm feeling a rowdy week. I'm going to be drinking a rowdy energy on the recap show next week as we recap Kyle Busch winning this race. If Kyle doesn't get it done, a guy that I absolutely love this week. We've already talked about him a little bit earlier in the show with some other bets. Bubba Wallace. This is his revenge for losing this race last year. He was so close. He was running down Harvick. Had the late caution. Had the bad restart. Just didn't quite get it done. Finishes second. Led 22 laps in that race. Again, talked about it earlier. He was very good here even in the petty cars with a ninth place finish. Fourth at the Coke 600. Fourth at Kansas. Fourth at Vegas. Won Kansas last year. Led a bunch of laps there. Led more laps this year. He has been very good on intermediates. Toyota has shown so much speed. Ford might win this race. If they don't, I think it's probably going to be a Toyota, if it's not Kyle Busch, of course. But I foresee that being Bubba Wallace. 20 to 1 over on FanDuel. He is my favorite bet this weekend, Rob. Yeah, again, I uh, okay. I mean, I, you've made a great, fantastic point. I and I, I follow you on that one. Um, but I feel like the last one that's on your list that you didn't even read has a better shot at uh, at that than than Bubba Wallace. This is the one. Okay, I know I said the last two guys were going to win, Rod. This is the guy I believe in the most. This is the story I want to happen. Brad Keselowski, thirty to one over on FanDuel in Michigan history in the cup series no driver born in michigan has ever won at michigan the narrative is there he is on an 84 race winless streak multiple times he has led the most laps in a race and not gotten the win it's gone to chris busher his teammate that ends today rod that ends this week he has said before that winning at michigan is home track is as important as winning the Daytona 500 to him. Not only does Ford have a big marker circle on this, Brad Keselowski has a big marker circle on this. He has been close before. He's been very good at this track in the past. Um, he continues to get good, solid finishes. But we saw it a few weeks ago, right? Martin Trex Jr. finally gets that win in New Hampshire. It's the great story. You get the picture of him with his dad and his brother in the stands. Kozlowski used to come here as a kid, lost his father back at the end of 2021. We're going to get that nostalgic picture. It's going to be Brad and Brian, who's been in and out of the sport, helping Brad with spotting at times. Uh, and with their, their now late father, we're going to get that picture of him as a kid. He's going to finally, the, the ratings, Rod, for NASCAR have been great. They just continue. NBC is having a record year for their ratings. Perfect. This is like a player in a contract year. NASCAR just hitting it out of the park as they negotiate these contracts. This is the perfect story. Time and time again, he came close at Atlanta, both races. He's come close at, at what was it, Daytona? He almost won, or Talladega? He almost won. I mean, he has had fast cars. He's looked good. Bristol last year, now Richmond this year. 
talked about it with Busher earlier, right? And we talked about it with Brad even getting the top 10. It's going to fall into place eventually. He will win again. He's a Hall of Famer. He's a champion. They're going in the right direction. Busher's got two wins with the organization now. This is the week Brad gets it done. The Michigan driver at Michigan in the Michigan-Detroit Ford. The whole story, 84-race winless streak ends this weekend. Brad Keselowski, 30-1 to on FanDuel. Get it in now, Rod. So, just so you know, the SGPN has a weekly best bets thing. Cody literally crafted the soundbite so that when this hits, we can have it perfectly sound bitten into that, and then you know it'll be it'll be run. So I love it, Cody. You have you have been you have become such a polished pro in 232 episodes. It's like and, I, and, uh, I for with the pride. record, whoever's whoever's clipping this uh, for that when Brad wins this race. That better be the first bet oh, on, the, on the, uh, the the recap. Thank uh, you. Yes, I agree. <laughs> uh, but okay, if that one doesn't hit, I, I have to, and I literally have to do this because if Rod, this guy, Rod's contractually a good, uh, obligated. I signed in blood. There's no other way for me to get out of making this bet at this point, right? If he doesn't win. I've we've We've talked about before how if something happens several times over, it's very hard pressed for you to find a reason to, to make that it, it's not going to happen again. Kevin Harvick on this track has won five of the last seven races. Five of the last seven races, Cody, that Kevin Harvick has won on this track. It is insanity. Last year, we had all but written Kevin Harvick off, right? He goes and he wins at Richmond's. He follows it up with another win at Michigan. Just blindingly and it was more impressive too in the in two of the last three he's even started outside of the top 15 and won this race in 2022 he started 16th and won this race in 2020 in the fall he started 20th and won this race so it's not as if he was starting from the front and winning these uh now in 2021 he did have an eighth place start and a 14th place finish uh so that kind of kills the buzz but as far as active drivers on this track, Kevin Harvick owns just about every statistical category that you want, right? He has led 737 laps. The next person on the list that has more laps that was so-called an active driver within the last few years is Greg Biffle at 594. Joey Logano has 590. He leads Kyle Busch by a full 237 laps. Kyle Busch sits there at... Uh, 500 even. As far as top 10s are concerned on this track, oh yeah, Kevin Harvick tops that one too. 22 top 10s. Joey Logano has 18, and uh, Denny Hamlin has 17. As far as top 5s are concerned, yes, Kevin Harvick is on top of that as well. 16 top 5s. He's got 6 total wins. The next best person on that active driver-wise is Kyle Larson with 3. Kevin Harvick kicks ass on this track and no matter what else you want to talk about having a gigantic red circle around a certain track and a certain date that four team they need something memorable to go out on because the last few weeks of the season for him have been they've been there they've been okay they've been fine but what they haven't been is something to say he's going out on a high right i mean kevin harvick is putting together solid finishes he's also having to struggle to do it does not have a win this season Kind of the same way that we were thinking about it a couple seasons ago when he needed a win. We were like, wow, what happened to Kevin Harvick? Wow, he's starting to fall off. Starting to hear the same thing again. Wow, what's happening to Kevin Harvick? 
Wow, he's starting to fall off. Sure, he's got three top tens in a row. But what he needs in this final season is a victory. Where can he get it done? Eh, well, he's done it five of the last seven times in Michigan. Why not that, that be the case there? Now, the reason I'm tossing him out and not somebody else a longer shot is because he's actually 10 to 1 on Superbook. That is a fantastic number considering he's 7 to 1 in some spots. I've seen him as low as 6 to 1 in others. If you're getting Kevin Harvick at 10 to 1 to win a race that he's won seven out or five out of seven times, rather, I mean, come on. That's like having Ford at plus 240 after they've won eight in a row. Can it, can it not happen? Well, yes, because we are in the sporting world and shit happens that you don't want to happen. But when Kevin Harvick continues to win, you have to put something down on it because if he wins and you don't have anything on it, you're going to feel you're going to feel dumb. You're going to feel like, oh, shit, I should have put something on him. You know, now if he loses and you didn't, you're going to be like, ah, Rod, he lost. And I'm going to be like, you're right, because it's sports. So what am I what am I going to do? That's how it works. Right. But no, Harvick, five of the last seven, like and to get him a 10 to one after that, that's just as impressive as getting four to plus 240 after winning eight in a row. Like, what more could you ask for? I think it's a great bet. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, no argument from me. Again, Harvick can win anywhere. Now you're coming to one of his best tracks. He's performed well lately. Ford, as we've documented, has performed well lately. I love it. Yeah, and again, I mean, he has two top five finishes in the last three races, which means, again, he's finding some speed, and he's getting up there. Now, at Michigan, that top four could be plenty enough for him on a late restart to find his way back up to the front and win this race, so I love it. Um, Hang tight, folks. We've got a little special extra for you, but I'm going to go over our Cup Series bets here for you today, just in case don't, you're don't here for... Don't touch that dial. Don't touch that dial, but I will go over our bets just in case you need to leave us for whatever reason. But don't for those of you <laughs> who want to stay, we've got a little bonus for you as well. So let's go over our Firekeepers Casino 400 bets. Cody started you off with Bubba as a top 10 car at minus 120 over on Bet365 and tossed in a top three at 4-1 to one on Superbook. I said Truex was going to be a top five car at plus 140. Uh, that was over on Caesars, I believe. Yes, it was. Uh, and then Cody gave you Brad Keselowski as a top 10 car on Bet365. Tossed in Jones as a top 10 car at plus 375 over on Caesars. I said Busher would be a top 10 car at plus 240. That was on Caesars. Uh, and then uh, Cody tossed in Chris Busher as the winner of Group F on Caesars at minus 140. Oh, I'm sorry, plus 140 over the likes of Suarez, Almarola, and Priest. And then tossed in a top forward at 14 to 1 on Caesars for him as well. I said Denny would once again wreck out Kyle Larson. I mean, finish better than Kyle Larson at minus 110 over on Superbook. And then Cody said Ty Gibbs would finish better than Alex Bowman at minus 130 on Superbook. I gave you Joey Logano over Ross Chastain at minus 110 over on Superbook. Cody. Said the winning car number would be odd at minus 130 on Caesars. I said plunk something down on Ford as the winning manufacturer at plus 240. You have to at this point. Kyle, uh, Cody gave you Kyle Busch at 9 to 1 on BetMGM. Bubba at 20 to 1 on FanDuel and Brad at 30 to 1 on FanDuel to win this race. And I said he's he's not even the favorite to win this, so you got to go after Kevin Harvick at 10 to 1 on Superbook to win this race. Cody, I promised people something special. Here's there's something special. We're going to give you some SRX bets for Thursday night Thunder Race, my friend. Loving these bets because there's not a lot of there's not a lot of drivers to pick from, which means we usually find good value and some good bets to make. 
Yeah, I love it. SRX is back another week. This will be the fourth of six races. Again, six Thursdays in a row. Unfortunately, that's all we get. Start that racing weekend early. This can fill the gap until we get Thursday night football. Uh, I am excited. This week, they're at Berlin Raceway, a 7 uh mile long paved oval in Marne, Michigan, near Grand Rapids area. Um, they have had the Arkham Menards series there before, Arkham Menards East, ASA, USAC, uh, World of Outlaw Sprint Cars, World of Outlaw Late Models, the whole shebang, everybody's been there. 13-degree um, corner, 9-degree straightaways for the banking. The race lap record, 12.513 seconds by Brian Gerster in 2018 in a sprint car. Uh, the track opened as a horse track in 1950. Um, or no, it, the track opened in 1950 after being a horse track before World War II. Uh, yeah, that's pretty pretty sweet. It's been around a long time. I'm excited. Driver lineup this week. Kyle Busch is back. He obviously won last week. Cashed our plus 250 ticket. No surprise, he's the betting favorite. Ryan Newman, of course, is running a full season. Kevin Harvick back down in the SRX series here. Uh, Brad Keselowski, he's running the full-time series. Tony Stewart, my guy, Rod Casey Kane. I love to see it. Got to see him in the high-limit sprint cars a few weeks ago. He's running a lot of sprint car races these days, but he's going to be making an appearance. Kenny Schrader is back after the suspension of, of Paul Tracy. Originally was not on the entry list. He is back on the entry list now. Marco Andretti running full-time. Elio Castronovas, Haley Deegan full-time. Johnny Benson, name we haven't heard in a long time, but longtime cup driver and Bobby Labonte, of course, running the full season as well. That are the, or those rather are the drivers making their appearances this week at Berlin Speedway. And uh, we've got some bets for you, Rod. Of course we do. But I, I, I thought it was funny, too, that you're right. Obviously, Ken Trader's name was left off the list. Uh, and then after Paul Tracy's news kind of solidified and, and Kenny Schrader was sufficiently happy with what happened, uh, I'm assuming that he was like, all right, fine, I'll keep racing for you guys. And, and uh, whoever's idea it was, I think the door bumper clear gave, whoever's idea it was to have Paul Tracy back this year was their what an idiot of the week. And I think that that was fitting because... <laughs> After the last couple of seasons, why he was back, I have no idea. But let's jump into the bets, Rod. Let's do That's it. what they stayed around for. Let's do it. I'm going to start Kevin Harvick over Ryan Newman, plus 105. Harvick uh, was in the SRX a couple of races ago. Did not go well. He was out of the race very early on. But it's Kevin Harvick. We just got done talking about him, how good he is. Um, and I know that Ryan Newman has shown up, and he's looked very good here in this SRX series this week. I know he's been doing a lot of racing. I know this is his type of thing on the short tracks like this, but you're giving me plus money for current Cup Series driver. He's been on a roll. Maybe he sweeps the weekend. Maybe he wins SRX. Maybe he wins the Cup Series. Who knows? I like Kevin Harvick over Ryan Newman at plus 105. That's over on Caesars. And also, I like Elio Castronovas over Haley Deegan. This one is juiced up, Rod. It's minus 140. I know you cashed a bet on Deegan last week. Overall, she's been pretty slow in this series. Unless attrition happens and Elio gets caught up in a wreck, which Paul Tracy's not in this race, so his chances have gone down drastically. Uh, I think that he is going to easily beat out Haley Deegan. It's minus 140. It's a lot to pay up on, on a car, especially when they're equal cars, right? But I think that at this point, El Elio has proven that he's, he's much better than Haley is in these cars. Uh, she just hasn't quite been getting it done, unfortunately. So got to fade her. Give me Elio over Haley Deegan, minus 140 over on Caesars. 
Yeah, and again, I I want I want better for her, obviously in that series, but it has been tough because a lot of these guys back in the back of the pack do not play nice, and she's gotten her fair share of. Uh, bumps and bruises in there and hasn't been able to turn in a solid finish. So I like that. Uh, definitely like your Kevin Harvick play. I mean, it's Kevin Harvick. Uh, he showed that he's he's fast everywhere anyways, and so I, I like that as well, um, especially at plus money. That's definitely a good one. Um, all right, I'm going to start with uh, our, our buddy Bread K over Tony Stewart. I know I put Tony in there, uh, but I forgot that there was a Tony Kanon. Uh, but the one that you can get over Kanan's on Caesars. Not in this race. No, so yeah, that's that, there you go. So over the only Tony in this race, that's Tony Stewart. Uh, difficult to to sort of handicap this one in that Brad Keselowski uh, has has only finished in front of Tony Stewart once in the in the three races. But Brad did get kind of caught up in it last week. Unfortunately, he he finished fourth. He managed to finish fourth. But Tony Stewart uh, found his way to a third place at podium finish for Tony Stewart. He was fast last week. Um, but I don't think he's going to be that fast the whole time. Uh, Brad did get, like I said, get caught up in the second Stafford race where he didn't get a good finish. He finished 10th, Tony finished 7th. Uh, but I think we're going to see more of what we saw kind of in that first one where Brad still will finish better than Tony Stewart uh, in this overall. And I like the price for it, minus 115. I'll take Brad Keselowski over Tony Stewart. And again, it's really only because I think Brad Keselowski is running, well, I can never say his name correctly anymore it's always bread now uh i think brad keselowski is is feeling the high off of a good finish last week as well um and then i will also add uh marco andretti this time i got it right over kenny schrader uh marco's at plus 100 to win this matchup and marco has done this almost every time so far he did it in the first running he beat uh ken schrader by one position marco finished sixth ken finished seventh uh, and then the second running, Marco actually finished third, which was better than the fourth place finish of Ken Schrader. Now, of course, Marco uh, finished better than than Ken Schrader last week, where Marco finished ninth and Schrader finished twelfth. But we all know that he got wrecked out of that. But anyways, this this has hit every single race so far. It's been by one position most of the time, but that cashes the bet, right? So um, Kenny's coming back after getting a little pissed off about what happened last week. Maybe he drives a little more cautious to not get wrecked. Maybe he drives a little more aggressive and wrecks. Who knows? Um, but I still think Marco is going to finish better than Kenny, plus 100 over there on Caesars. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about the Brad Keselowski, Tony Stewart one, but they do seem to be within one position every week. So that'll definitely be one to, to make you sweat it out for sure. I uh, love the Andretti over Schrader one. Plus 100, I don't know why it's that way. Andretti, defending champion of the series, like, Again, he's probably not going to win you any races. Going to get you good, solid finishes every week. Now that Paul Tracy's out of the way, Schrader might get a better finish too, but I do like the Andretti side of it. All right, Rod, you ready for some winners? Let's put some winners up there. Kyle Busch, plus 150, was very tempting, right? Because he won last week. It's Kyle Busch. We hit him at plus 250 last week. This week, though, I'm going to say let's let's get off of it. It's still plus 150. is not a bad price for a guy as good as Kyle Busch. It's Kyle Busch, like. How much more do you need to say? But I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick. Already made the case for him to beat Ryan Newman. I think he can win this race as well. Plus 450, I think, is a really good number. An active Cup Series driver. Uh, again, his one SRX start this season didn't go well at all. He was out early. Can't really hold that against him. Um, Bush is not uh, safe from anything happening to him, right? We've seen guys like Priest should have easily won that race. Didn't happen. I think that could happen to Bush. Give me Kevin Harvick. And give me Tony Stewart, eight to one. 
been a minute. He's he's not been in victory lane in the SRX series. It's about time the owner of the series gets back into victory lane. I think at eight to one, Tony Stewart is a good bet in SRX race on Thursday night thunder on ESPN. We've already documented that anything can anything can happen. When they throw the caution, that just means the field gets bunched back up again and anything can happen. So uh, I'll, I'll back you. I still think that uh, Brad will finish better than Tony. If that means Brad wins, so be it. Uh, but I'm going to toss another name out there, and this may make you happy. Uh, oh, pulling at my heartstrings with this one. Pulling right. at your heartstrings. Look, you, you mentioned that Casey Kane was in the field. We have seen guys jump in now and win in their first week, right? Kyle Busch did it last week. Uh, so it, it's highly possible that Denny Hamlin did it the week, uh, the first week of, of this Ryan Newman. I know he's a normal, but he, we've had, uh, three different renters in three different races so far. So to that end, I think Casey Kane can get himself a win. I like his price cause he's 12 to one over there on Caesars to win this race. So, um, I, I really honestly, truly believe that we could probably see another person jump in there and, and do well on this, uh, on this new track. Casey Kane in 88 short track starts, has two wins, 13 top fives, and 25 top tens. He's led 853 laps in his history of short track racing. Not a bad little resume. Not the best. Obviously, only two wins, uh, but this that's a, that's a cup car, right? That's not necessarily an SRX car, but he's got the speed. He's got the prowess um, to be able to do it. 18 wins total in his career, just all, all the way around. Um, Obviously, 10 coming on that uh, super speedways between a mile and two. Uh, 93 top fives, 176 top tens. Like, again, I, I, I really, truly believe that we're going to see a, a new player, right, in this game. He's going to run fast. I think he's got a shot to win, just like Denny Hamlin did, just like Kyle Busch did. So, uh, give me Casey Kane. I like that long shot at 12 to 1. Only 42 years old. Makes me so sad because he should still be racing in the Cup Series. Unfortunately, he had to step away early with some health issues. But 80-plus races Casey Kane is driving this year from February to November. He is a busy, busy man, not a stranger behind the wheel. I would love to see this. I'll be celebrating hard if Casey Kane wins this race. So I'm going to place this bet with you, Rob. Beautiful. I love it. Again, it's the heartstrings one, but... Why the hell not, right? We like we said, we saw Kyle Busch hey, jump in and do it, and Kyle Busch was at plus two fifty to win that. Did Boyer at what fourteen to one last week and mm -hmm. second place? He was right there, so yep. I like it. Me too. Um, all right, that's it. That'll do it for this episode. Glad you stuck around for the end of that. We'll we'll tack the SRX ones at the end, so uh, that way the people that wanted to come for the cup can bow out when they want to. But for those of you hardcore that stick around for the SRX, we the love true you. DGens. The true DJs, we love you. And we'll continue to do those for you uh, for the next couple of weeks as there are SRX races. So, um, all right, Cody, as we get ready to turn loose, uh, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on social media as we're back again tomorrow with more picks for you from the races. Rod, follow me on X at Husker underscore Zeeb. You can find all my work over there. NFL content is cranking out. Got an offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year articles, both out right now. Have an article coming out here anytime. For Thursday night's Hall of Fame game. Best bets in that game. Spoiler alert, get in on the under before it drops. Uh, and then I've got uh, my favorite over, uh, What what was the, what's the article called? I think it's over wins to hammer this season for, uh, for NFL teams. So that'll be coming out later this week. Ton of other stuff. Tomorrow, Wednesday, 
8 p.m. Eastern time, I think, on Twitter. Derek's uh, Derek Yoder's uh, betting spaces. Oh, boy. NASCAR betting preview show. There you go. <laughs> yeah, something like that. It's been a long episode. Sorry, Derek. I know you're listening. But I will be on that as the guest, uh, the featured guest. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Love cutting it up with those guys. They're a great listen every week. So check us out. You can interact live, too, if you're on there, uh, 8, 8 p.m. Eastern time over on the Twitter spaces. That's on YouTube now as well with our buddies over at IBT. So big things happening there. Check out all that. Do all the fun. Subscribe. Smash all that stuff. I've been talking too long. Follow the show on X at NASCAR Gambling and uh, follow Rod. <laughs> I'm on X at RJ Gomez. Link in the bio. Everything I got going on, whether it's here, whether it's the in-between media back road, check it out with Seth and Elliot and myself this week. And then, of course, my new episode of Fast Money. I may put it out a little earlier this week. That way you guys have an opportunity to get in on it. So uh, for frequency's sake. And then, uh, yeah, you can find me on the NFL Gambling Podcast, too, as well. Just did a, a NFC West preview with Katie Mox of CBS Sports and uh, had some fun on that. So we'll be back tomorrow with more of the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. Until then, let's go racing and let it ride. <laughs>